there's a lot you can learn by just talking to someone about their trip and talking to them about kind of what they went through. Because with the exception of uh, outliner biologies, you know, say extreme mental illnesses or something, the effects will be pretty similar to most people. But you can still learn particular things from those case studies. You know, like say you have a friend who does it, you know, they take mushrooms and they say, well, this didn't affect me. And you could then investigate why. Well, maybe they have a history of doing SSRIs or some sort of antidepressant medication. And we know now uh, scientifically that, that that medication can mute the effect of psychedelics in your body. Uh, we don't know just yet, can that rever be reversed? How long do you have to be off it to get the full effects? So on and so forth. But that, that thing is something we would not have known if it weren't for people's case studies, if it weren't for people's anecdotal experiences where they're reporting this fact and then we go on to investigate it further. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Learn Arena podcast. I am your co-host as well as the co-founder and CEO of Learn Arena, Trey Goff, and with me is our head of educational content and our in-house philosopher, Gabriel Mitchell. Today, we are discussing, uh, as we always do once a week, a interesting article or research, uh, piece of research or overview or commentary on something that we thought we could all learn from. And today, we are discussing a really interesting overview uh, of the qualitative research that one can find on psychedelics and psychoactive substances on Reddit, funnily enough. So this is really interesting for a number of reasons. One, we talk a lot on this podcast about epistemology, and we talk a lot about peer-reviewed research, you know, hard and fast empirical data, quantitative research. But what's often neglected is qualitative research, and, which simply refers to research that is more kind of subjective and is discussing the uh, qualitative, meaning non-numerical aspects of something. And this article goes over how robust, weirdly robust and intellectually rigorous and objective, the online psychonaut community, as they call themselves, uh, is especially on Reddit when discussing psychedelic use, um, and how conversely kind of bereft of rigor and bereft of data, the mainstream science is on this topic, for the simple reason that most psychedelics are illegal. So most scientists cannot study them legally. So they don't. So there's not a lot of good data on this at all. So we have to rely instead on kind of qualitative research. And the article goes over how interesting it is that there's so much good qualitative research on Reddit and how these communities, you would think there's a subreddit, right? Which is just kind of like a discussion board called RLSD, right? A subreddit about LSD. You would think this would be full of people who are just like, ah, oh, LSD is amazing and it'll cure the world's problems and whatever, but it's actually not. There's, there's a robust sidebar there all about like the downsides of LSD, all about harm reduction. Some of the top posts, any given time you go visit these subreddits are all about bad trips and how to avoid them and people's experiences with bad trips. But you'll also find lots of really interesting case studies and qualitative examples of total people whose lives are in ruins, who drastically turn their lives around after the use of psychedelics, how it cured some psychological illnesses that they have. Also on the other side of things, how sometimes psychedelics can cause new psychological illnesses like hallucinogen uh, persistent perceptive disorder, which refers to when people do a very large dose of psychedelics and get stuck basically with the visual distortions that some of these things can cause even in sobriety, which funnily enough, by the way, it turns out the researcher, this research community on Reddit, they kind of refer to themselves as an underground research community, discovered you can cure HPPD, that hallucinogen perception disorder, by using other psychedelics immediately after, and it'll kind of reset the brain weirdly enough. 
Um, so I thought this would be an interesting topic to discuss kind of qualitative research and the, the weirdly academically rigorous world of psychonauts generally. Um, so let's, let's dive in a little bit, Gabriel. What did you, uh, what did you think of this, this overview? And I'll, I'll, to put our cards on the table, Gabriel and I are both fairly experienced psychonauts. So I, I thought this yeah. would be interesting to discuss, uh, discuss publicly as well. Yeah. I gave this article a good skim and was really happy with it because, uh, I myself have spent years kind of researching these things and I've seen the rigor increase just in, even in my own lifetime, uh, while Reddit is a really great source from it for it prior to reddit a lot of this information was centralized on what's called uh, uh arrowid e-r-o-w-i-d arrowid this was a collection of like psychonaut forms basically um and you can still find some pretty good information on it though i do recommend keeping updated with with the new research uh and and it was people would talk about dosing guides and talk about their experiences would try to collect as much information as they can but now, of course, the more scientific lab research is something we've only been able to do legally in the United States, you know, the past 10 years or so. As cannabis has become more legal, other things have become more legal. I live in Colorado, for example, where basically every psychedelic has been decriminalized over this last year. And uh, you can even find them in corner stores at this point, though the actual legality of that is, is suspicious. Um, but it's created a culture where people are very comfortable asking questions and very comfortable doing the research and feel safe doing it, which is very important. Uh, it can be challenging to do research when the only person who's comfortable doing the research is the guy who's a little bit insane. Uh, and you need, you need those innovators. You need the insane person to do something. But fortunately, now everyone can do the research and everyone can, can look into these things. I myself have been working on a course regarding mycology for Learn Arena. At the time of recording this, it is in uh, rough draft form, though by the time we release it, I suspect it will be available. And there's a section on this course about magic mushrooms. Now, the course is, isn't itself about magic mushrooms. It's about mycology and fungi and, and their evolution and things like that. But I, I make sure to include this because I know it's something people are interested in. They want to understand the science. They want to understand that Magic mushrooms has this chemical in it called psilocybin, which then your body converts into psilocin, which then latches on to your serotonin receptors, which gives you the giggly fun kind of feelings that people associate with the magic mushroom trip. And this information is worth investigating because you can really have positive impacts in your life by experimenting with different chemicals. For the same reason that you drink coffee in the morning in order to get the boost and get your stuff done, you can also explore using other chemicals to reach other desired outcomes. You don't always reach those desired outcomes. Things like mushrooms can be harmful. You can hurt yourself and you need to do a lot of research. A mentor and friend of mine once said, your first trip should be to the library. And of course, you know, it's, it's a fun kind of tongue in cheek thing, but all he really means there is like, just do as much research as possible. And if you want to be a psychonaut, even reading books is a type of being a psychonaut. You know, reading a great fantasy book can give you similar experiences to a trip and is very much putting you in a different mindset, which is really all a psychonaut is. A psychonaut is someone who seeks out different mindsets and experiences, and you can achieve those without chemicals. You can achieve that by just reading a good book or something and, and putting yourself in the, using empathy to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And so I, I'm saying a lot here, but it's just, it's just exciting to see kind of the world is going, I think, in a very good direction. 
and particularly the infants emphasis on research and harm reduction should always be our focus. If you want to get into stuff like this, you need to do as much research as possible. You need to get the test kits to confirm that what you have is legitimate and you need to be safe, 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 safe. You would be surprised how often the stuff you can receive at, you know, a rave or something is not what you thought it was. There's a very scary, but very important documentary out there called what's in my baggie. It is a documentary done by the organization dance safe, who of course has the incentive of selling, uh, uh, well, they, they are a nonprofit, but they do sell like test kits, which you can get legally at any age. There's no limit. You could just go buy it. If you're doubting yourself, go buy it. And they did this documentary where they, they just went to raves. They went to festivals and they set up a booth to test people's powders. And 99.99% of what they tested was not what the person thought it was. Maybe that person thought they had MDMA, which is an empathogen that floods your serotonin and allows for this fun kind of dancey good feeling. They thought it was MDMA, but it was actually meth or it was actually bath salts or something scary, you know, uh, not that meth isn't scary, but, 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 uh, uh, a lot of kind of dangerous stuff out there. And so you really sincerely need to do as much research as possible and you need to get connected with these communities and read what they're putting out there. There's a lot of great stuff on that Reddit right now. And it's great because it's both, both the information is centralized onto a single site, but the research is decentralized and coming from a bunch of different people. And so that creates this really cool synergy where you get consistent information that people can critique constantly while getting sources of information from all sorts of different places. And there, and Reddit has, of course, the feedback mechanism built in of like upvoting and downvoting. And so stuff that's just nonsensical or someone's insane can get downvoted and ignored while the high quality research can move forward. That's absolutely right. And it's not just, uh, although the article doesn't mention this, it's not just these online communities who have started doing this qualitative research into psychedelics. A very mainstream uh, author and journalist named Michael Pollan a few years ago wrote a book called How to Change Your Mind, where he did a very deep dive, both from the academic perspective, talking to the world's preeminent researchers in academic institutions into psychedelics, but he also tried all of them himself and described what that was like, his preparation for it, his research into what they could be like. And uh, I highly encourage anyone who's interested in this space as well to check out that book against by Michael Pollan. It's called How to Change Your Mind. And it's about taking, it's about psychedelics uh, at the end of the day. And it serves as a good example of the type of qualitative research we're talking about here. And I'll, I just want to reiterate from an, an epistemological perspective, qualitative research can be just as important as quantitative. We often put a lot of weight on quantitative research for good reason, because it's verifiable and it's replicatable and it has sort of external tests of validity. But qualitative research can be just as important, especially for things like psychedelics, which are inherently kind of subjective and completely impossible to quantify in their impacts on the human mind. So uh, I just wanted to make the point from an epistemological perspective that you shouldn't automatically discount qualitative research just because it's qualitative. And as Gabriel mentioned, you should look for ways to kind of filter these things by the, the rigor of the research, right? But you can do this even as you're reading it. Like if you read a post on like our psychedelics, that's like, hey, I tried this new research chemical and it was good. Well, clearly I didn't give you any information. Or you read one and it says, hey, I tried this new research chemical and I met Buddha. Again, clearly a person who is not of, uh, of sound mind. But if you read one that says, all right, I took this specific chemical at this dose at this time, here is time stamped logs of the subjective effects it had on my psychology. 
and here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, then that's something that you can kind of more take to heart as you're exploring these things. And so I just wanted to make the point that in, in particular for this specific field, more than most others, qualitative research is probably actually more helpful to you than quantitative research. So Gabriel, do you want to talk a little bit about how qualitative research can fit into a, a, a sound and healthy epistemology? Yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if I'm understanding the distinction that you're drawing, uh, qualitative research may be very specific to like like one instance, but it's a very in-depth analysis. Is that is that correct to what you're distinction? That's is? correct. So instead of saying we surveyed 10,000 people on LSD and here's what they said, it's instead saying here is one specific case. So qualitative research mm -hmm. often comes in the form of case reports, right? Here's yes. one specific case. And we know all of the circumstances of this case because it's described to us by the person that did it. And we can learn a lot from that because it's fundamentally different from uh, and much more detailed than what you're going to get from the kind of ambiguity of a quantitative survey, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I completely understand what you mean. Yes, yes. So like case studies were basically the only way we could do psychedelic research forever. It was someone was, you know, your older brother or whatever was reporting their experience to you. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, why was that scary? And you were kind of talking about it. And so it's it's kind of the the classic bread and butter of of particular psychedelic research. Now we should be doing both, and we should be learning as much as we can about everything. But there's a lot you can learn by just talking to someone about their trip and talking to them about kind of what they went through. Because with the exception of uh, outliner biologies, you know, say extreme mental illnesses or something, the effects will be pretty similar to most people. But you can still learn particular things from those case studies. You know, like say you have a friend who does it, you know, they take mushrooms and they say, well, this didn't affect me. And you could then investigate why. Well, maybe they have a history of doing SSRIs or some sort of antidepressant medication. And we know now uh, scientifically that, that that medication can mute the effect of psychedelics in your body. Uh, we don't know just yet, can that rever be reversed? How long do you have to be off it to get the full effect? So on and so forth. But that, that thing is something we would not have known if it weren't for people's case studies, if it weren't for people's anecdotal experiences where they're reporting this fact, and then we go on to investigate it further. So you can learn a lot. And, you know, you got to be careful. Some people who trip are just weird and strange and are going to say strange stuff. But that's why you got to kind of have a standard and a heuristic for the quality of information that you're receiving. So definitely case studies and that sort of qualitative research is really, really important for understanding psychedelics. Absolutely. And one last kind of fun fact on this, and then we'll, we'll wrap shortly thereafter. You mentioned to me before we started, just as an example of how rapidly research in this particular field is evolving. There's a common um, cliche, uh, if you will, amongst the psychonaut community that like what specific species of psychedelic mushroom that contains psilocybin you ingest will have different highs, if you will. It will have a different qualitative, a different subjective experience. And it turns out from some more rigorous research, that is not the case. So you want to walk us through that a little bit, Gabriel? Yes, yes. And it, it's actually a little bit more nuanced than what you're saying. Because uh, so so there's this psychedelic researcher, Andrew Gillimore, who publishies on Substack as uh, Alien Insect, I think is what he calls it, which is such a fun name for like a, a drug-related uh, uh, researching. But he did a series of articles, I believe it's three parts in total, called Do Different Psilocybin Mushrooms Produce Different Effects? So some people report anecdotally that one day they did what's called, say, apes, or another day they did a mushroom, we'll, we'll just call it cubensis, or maybe they did uh, 
uh, what we call Jedi mind trick. And um, there's very different different strains, or, or technically they're subspecies of a larger strain, but so on, so, so on and so forth. And people report slightly different effects. They'll say like, well, this gave me more visuals, or this was more calming, or this or that. And the question we're asking is like, okay, what chemically is different about these strains of mushrooms that might have led to these different effects? So the hypothesis is what we call the entourage effect. That while psilocybin, again, converts into psilocin, attaches to serotonin receptors, while that's the main chemical causing the magic mushroom experience, causing the trip, as we describe it, uh, it's plausible that maybe other chemicals in those mushrooms can amplify the effect in certain directions. So he writes these three articles and they're long in depth, filled with all sorts of studies. He's describing what different chemicals are in them, how much they're prevalent. He acknowledges that even in between two different mushroom caps of the same growth, that you can have different amounts of chemicals in them. The conclusion he reaches is that at least at the moment, we don't have any reason to believe that different strains have meaningful different effects and that possibly the explanation for why people might anecdotally report these effects could do with one just higher concentration of uh, psilocybin in that cap versus the cap you ate the week before uh could have to do with set and setting which is what psychonauts refer to as your mindset and the environment that you're in and it could have to do with maybe other chemicals you ingested from things like the food that you ate or the medication that you took or something like that, uh, or the cannabis that you smoked alongside your use of the, the mushroom. And so at the moment, that's the conclusion it really, really reaches. But because he's a rigorous scientist and it really highlights the, the quality of the research that we're experiencing, his conclusion isn't, oh, it's impossible. His conclusion is, here's the evidence I have here's the best possible in-depth conclusion I can reach from the evidence. And here's other possible questions and directions we should go. And that's great. Cause when you're just talking, you know, when you're uh, you know, if it was back in the seventies and you're just getting it from your uncle or something, he has his set theories about how it works and no one can convince him otherwise. Cause his only information is his personal experience. But now we can do actual science and it answers so many interesting questions, you know, a lot of fascinating things to discover. So I definitely recommend checking out Andrew Gillamore's research. He, he wrote a bunch of other cool stuff, but I found this series of articles particularly interesting. That's fascinating. So I, you just taught me something. I, uh, I thought the different strains did in fact have drastically different effects. So that's, that's really interesting. And again, kind of a legal but genuine disclaimer here as well. We are under no circumstances encouraging anyone in the audience to go source or purchase or use illegal substances. What we are encouraging you to do is learn as much as you can about as many things as you can. And we thought it'd be particularly interesting to some of you who are really interested in psychology and the way that uh, pharmacological substances interact with our subjective cognitive experiences and our subjective view of the world, that this article and these particular Reddit communities, these particular websites are a treasure trove of really interesting qualitative research that you might otherwise write off because it wasn't published by an academic institution or it wasn't peer-reviewed research, that in fact, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And you can learn a whole lot about human psychology, about pharmacology, and about uh, kind of the way the mind works through reading some of this research. So again, we're not encouraging anyone to do any of that. You absolutely should not go break the law. Our point is simply just that you can learn a lot from these websites full of qualitative research. And with that, we will break for the day. I appreciate you all so much joining us. And again, uh, as Gabriel mentioned, if you're interested in learning more about the specifics of 
uh, mushrooms in particular, kind of how they work, not just the psychedelic mushrooms, but other types of mushrooms, what kind of effects they can have on the body, their, their growth patterns. They're very unique uh, living, living, uh, living creatures. So they're a fascinating area to study. We will very soon have a course up on mycology, hopefully by the time we release this episode, and the link will be in the description below. So if you're interested in that, please go sign up for Learn Arena, go subscribe and go take that course. And thank you all so much. Have a great day.